0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, Aliens, Ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomena, Lake Monsters, Conspiracy Theories, Government Cover-Ups, The Truth Embargo, Alien Abductions, ESP, Haunted Locations from Around the World, and so much more. or tvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next, we meet here in the x from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember, x Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
2: Welcome back to this edition of Cal's Corner Radio here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. My name is Cal Korf, and I'm your host, of course. This is Cal's Corner. Well, as I say at the beginning of every show, because it's true, Cal's Corner covers everything from politics to the paranormal, and while we literally can't get to all of those subjects in one episode, it's not possible, even if I lived a million years, we'll do our best to briefly summarize world events today, especially since, if you believe the liberal media It's Armageddon today, so let's go through some of the headlines and try to separate fact from fiction, which is what we do on the show, and hopefully, after you hear it, you'll have a nice day. All right, let's start with the big thing that is affecting financial markets, and that's the so-called trade war that's going on. It's a real war with communist China. Well, the reason that this is going on is because Donald Trump, who's the president of the United States, of course, ran on a platform that it was time to... Put the kibosh on communist China to stop them from stealing intellectual property from the West, which they've done with abandon for years. The U.S. has known about it. They've done almost nothing. China rips off everybody intellectually because they're a communist government. They don't respect intellectual property. In fact, I remember when I lived in Prague after the Cold War ended, the – company there, which is Czech, which uh, invented the original Budweiser, as they call Chesky Budyjovice there, or Czech Budweiser, they sued Anheuser-Busch for stealing and ripping off essentially what was their beer. Heiser Bush seems to have done this because during the Cold War, good luck enforcing copyright and patent infringements Because Russia was not a signatory to any of those conventions And let's say Russia broke laws and ripped off people's ideas What were you going to do trying to get a judgment enforced at the Kremlin? It just wouldn't happen unless the KGB approved it So none of that happened in the Cold War And then after the Cold War ended, Czech Republic joined the European Union They sued, they reached a settlement, and to this day, unless they've canceled the agreement, the Czechs get a royalty for every Anheuser-Busch Budweiser that they make, which is really kind of a ripoff of the original deal, which you can enjoy if you go to Pilsen or anywhere in the Czech Republic since beer is their main economy. By the way, I never liked beer until I moved to Prague. All right, so let's talk about, again, trade wars here. That's an example of what's going on with Communist China. Now, you might say, well, what exactly is the big deal here? And why, now of all things, is this coming to a head? Is this just something else that Trump is doing, pulling out of his butt and throwing a temper tantrum? The answer is absolutely not, folks. In fact, if you're upset that China is the world's second largest economy today, and that does bother me as a hopefully moral human being. You can thank Bill Clinton for all of this. Now, I've reported on this over the years, and I'm going to go back in time a little bit and give you some details that you may not know. But um, let's explain why the mess exists today. And we can thank again the Democrats and Bill Clinton for essentially selling out the future of the United States, where it concerns at least manufacturing. And manufacturing, of course, is a huge deal. If you can't do it right, you can't be a superpower, you're not an industrial nation. All right. What happened was China for many years wanted to be a member of the World Trade Organization. The problem is the WTO has rules and everybody is supposed to play fair if they're a member. You're supposed to have open markets. You're not supposed to engage in protectionism. There's even clauses in there that you have to honor and uphold and enforce Basic human universal rights. Now, you might say, well, if that's true, how can China possibly be a signatory to the WTO when they'll kill you for the slightest offense over there? Just like in Iran, if you're gay, you're hung. You're dead. So in China, how could they possibly be the world's uh, most ruthless totalitarian capitalistic system disguised as communism and still be a member of the WTO? Isn't that – kind of like allowing a Nazi to join the Israeli parliament? To use an, an analogy here, and I think it fits. Well, yes, it is. So how did this miracle happen? How did China end up being just a little bit pregnant where no one else can pull off that feat? Again, we can thank greedy Bill Clinton and, of course, his wife, Billary. So how did this magic happen? Well, Bill Clinton was given pushback, resistance over the idea to let communist China, which doesn't respect human rights, doesn't respect intellectual property, why could you? Why would you even think of letting them join the WTO? Are you stupid? Well, Bill Clinton said it was a good idea, but he had no support for it. So what he did is he signed an executive order. You can read it online, it's declassified, where he basically signed a piece of paper and said, They're part of the WTO. We support this, as if he's dictator of the world. And yet people complain about Donald Trump's EOs. Ridiculous and hypocritical. So thanks to Clinton, bypassing Congress and congressional oversight, and even the advice from United Nations human rights commissioners and committees said, hey, we support this. You join the WTO. We're there for you, buddy. And then another thing happened, which I exposed in a book called uh, basically uh, exposing Al Gore's lies about climate change, volume one. I don't know if I'll write a volume two or three, but I, I have at least enough material for two more volumes. Al Gore does lie about climate change. Let's be blunt. And people will say, well, no, it's okay because he's raising awareness. Well, I argue that no legitimate cause, no matter what the subject is, can be based on a lie It just doesn't work that way, reality, that is. And so what Al Gore has done is he has made up a bunch of stuff or he's repeated a bunch of lies about climate change, which are not true. He's scared the you-know-what out of people. He's caused billions of dollars to be redistributed from the West to specifically communist China. And that's exactly what happened. Now, if you don't believe me and you think that this is some sort of, you know, right-wing, neoconservative, Republican talking point, it's not. I'm not a Republican. I don't support Republicans. Never voted Republican. I I just have higher standards, I'm being blunt. Same with the Democrats. I used to be a member of the Democratic Party until it left me. And that, by the way, not coincidentally, was when I was working at Boeing, working with a guy who worked for 16 years with Bill Clinton, got to hear all kinds of stories, found out where a lot of the bodies are buried, so to speak. And that was it for me. I remember telling my supervisor at the time at Boeing, Dave Sage, wonderful man. I said, can I go home early and watch the president's speech about explaining how he lied about Monica Lewinsky? Everyone knew he was going to come out there and come up with some other lie to cover his you-know-what. So I got permission to go home. I watched it, and Bill Clinton said that the reason he covered up the lie about his affair with Monica Lewinsky was because he wanted to protect himself first and foremost – And at that point, I remember thinking, you are no longer worthy of being president of this great country, the United States, because a real leader would gladly sacrifice themselves, especially over, you know what, in the office. Come on. It wasn't that millions of people died. What was the big sacrifice here, Mr. Bill Clinton? No, he just decided to protect himself, cover his butt, lie to his wife even apparently. And I don't think it was a coincidence that he had a red mark on his face. I think Billary may have gotten a little physical before press time. Maybe Clinton slapped himself. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, I lost all respect for him, left the Democratic Party, and I have no regrets since then. Now, what is it about Clinton and doing this with China? Well, Clinton had a vice president named Al Gore. And one of Al Gore's mentors was a corrupt bureaucrat, a very senior person at the United Nations by the name of Maurice Strong, S-T-R-O-N-G. He was a Canadian, actually. Corrupt as as you can imagine, very twisted guy. But Google him. Just type in the words Maurice Strong, corruption, and you'll get tons of data that is just eye-opening and shocking. And no, you won't hear Don Lemon tell you about it, nor Rachel Maddow on CNN or MSNBC, because they just don't want to go there. What the data proves is that Marie Strong worked his position at the United Nations level, essentially as the number two guy in charge of everything relevant there, of key choke point committees on globalization. And he was able to direct billions, not millions, but billions of dollars to communist China because he was a Marxist. There, he was a friend of Chairman Mao I publish in the book a photo of his sister Posing with Mao The Chinese loved Strong he, owns, he owned property in China Still does his you know, descendants And of course he resigned Just before he was prosecuted And relocated to Asia Where he couldn't be touched Because how are you going to force China To cough up somebody who's wanted by the law China's not going to do that Like Russia, they don't care Just ask Edward Snowden He's only going somewhere out of Russia if Putin lets him. That's it. That's the deal. So all of this stuff happened as a background, as a backwater, if you will, that created the problem all these decades later now today that Trump is finally confronting. Although there's serious problems in how he's doing it, too. To be honest, I don't think any single president of the United States can solve the China issue unless he has the backing of the American business community, and that is just not going to happen. Now, what we'll do is go over a few more facts here and explain, especially after the break, why this is relevant. But before we take the break, I want you to think about this. You must remember that the excuse to so-called pardon China or forgive them for all of their human rights abuses, you hear this excuse even from people who claim that they support human rights, and it's pure immorality, hypocrisy. They say, well, when you have that many people, you have to have a strong democracy because you have to control people. Uh, democracy won't work. They'll never get anything done. Well, India's about to pass China in population, and they're the world's largest democracy, and they're living proof that that theory is just stupid. That's the only way to call it to be generous. India is the world's largest democracy. And now they're starting to make iPhones in India. And India is finally waking up to the obvious that if they get their infrastructure together, they can beat China. We'll be back after this break.
3: we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions. Offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes, and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain,
4: Yeah.
5: Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course.
4: We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com
2: Welcome back to the second segment here on Cal's Corner Radio on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. My name is Cal Corf, and I'm your host. The executive producer of the show is Rob McConnell. Okay, folks, I'll try to take a deep breath here and not try to cram in a bunch of words as much as I can in between these segments. Really interested in this subject. I've covered it for years as a journalist. I've reported on especially Iran, communist China, especially living in India for all these years. China, of course, is – of much more interest to indians than it is for many americans because of course india borders china and russia and pakistan and <laughs> they're some interesting neighbors if nothing else america doesn't have those security issues being separated by an ocean but make a long story short um one of the it, the bottom line i i if i had to say that there was a a triangle here of global interests that are converging, that are going to have to figure out how to make this work. Otherwise, there is going to be a war coming up in Asia. It's a question of in what form, whether it means military with bombs and, and weapons or economic, because one can argue that money today is a modern uh, weapon that's being used. China, of course, uses uh, its enormous wealth to squeeze and take advantage of nations like Pakistan and, of course, Africa So the three interests are basically the United States, China, and, believe it or not, India. Not Russia. Russia is the fourth cold odd man out. And let me, I think, prove it here. Russia, the only thing they have going for themselves is they produce energy, but they're not very efficient at it. You know, look at the irony of Russia. They have more natural minerals and resources than any nation on the planet. They're the biggest country in the world – by far, yet their population is one of the most sparse. There's about, what, 220, 230 million people in Russia. There's 320 million people in America, and it's many times smaller. And then, of course, much of Russia is frozen land, which is rich in minerals, but the amount of energy and expense it takes to take that stuff out of the frozen Arctic tundra makes it cost-prohibitive unless you've got a real long-term plan going. Russian oil, which of course they sell on the market as a key player. The U.S. outproduces Russia in the oil market and our oil is cheaper to produce as a rule because Russian oil isn't as cheap to get up from the ground as say Saudi oil is or even Iranian oil. So Russia has going for it basically a large nuclear arsenal and a large weapon And, of course, they're, you know, on the border of European countries. Other than that, that's it. They can sell weapons to other countries, which they do, and that just gives them money, gives them some political influence. But it really doesn't affect the world the way that China does whenever they kick Google out, for example, of their country, which is what Google did. Well, they weren't kicked out. Things were just made so uncomfortable for Google over there that after China hacked them, their military uh, intelligence signals unit did it. That's a fact. It wasn't just, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of teenage hackers who live in their uh, government-funded apartment. This was a real military operation. Google closed up shop and left. The reason that China did this is because they wanted Google to leave without openly saying it so that they could go invent their own great firewall of data to censor the Chinese people from the outside world and make sure that they didn't use Google as their search engine. And that's why now China has their own e- equivalent of Google and people have to use it there or they go to prison if not uh, executed, depending on what they're doing. Again, this is the reality in China. So The idea that it has to be that way because there's so many people there and you wouldn't be able to get anything done, there would be continual protests and all that, it would be just a total anarchy and chaos, no, it's not true. Now, I admit I'm not a fan of India's political system. It's got serious problems. Of all the countries I've ever lived in or or had the honor of visiting and really getting to know and understand their lifestyle and culture, India frustrates me the most because basically they're their own worst enemies. India is trying to have it both ways, and you can't. They're trying to preserve the old ways, which don't really apply anymore in the current world. They were good for their time, maybe, but irrelevant now. And – Yet at the same time, they want to be modern and progressive and so-called secular. And again, they're trying to have it both ways, and that is their problem. Now, let me explain this a little bit and why it's relevant harking back to China. In the state of Punjab, for example, and in India, you're supposed to wear a motorcycle helmet. It's kind of obvious why it would be for safety. But if I'm a Sikh Some people say Sikhs, but they're called Sikhs. These are the guys who wear the turbans. They're an offshoot of Hinduism, but instead of believing in 550 million gods, they just believe in one. One works. Well, these guys wear turbans. Ignorant Americans and Westerners mistake them for being Taliban, which is laughable. And if I'm a Sikh and I'm riding a motorcycle in Punjab, which is the Sikh capital state of the world, it's where the religion was founded. I don't have to wear a helmet because it's against my religion to take off my turban. It doesn't matter that it's safe, safer for me to wear a helmet. It doesn't matter that it's the law. And that's the key here, folks. In a real secular country, it doesn't matter what religion it is. If the law says I have to wear a helmet, anything else is irrelevant. I could be an atheist, it doesn't matter. I could be a man from Mars, it doesn't matter. But in India, it matters. So there's the law for everybody, but then there's these little caveats and footnotes. Oh, if you're this, it doesn't apply. If you're this or this day of the week, it doesn't matter. It's literally not that bad down to the day of the week, so to speak, but it is that stupid in principle, okay? I remember one time I had just moved to a, a rather nice, large complex. And it had barbed wire fence and all that stuff, which is a godsend in India because it's for protection. But every morning around 5 in the morning, I would get woken up by the speakers from the Sikh temple over there. And it would go on and on and on for 45 minutes. And it was just so irritating and rude that I walked for miles over there, found the temple, went there and just complained and told them they had no right to wake up the whole neighborhood chanting for God And they told me point blank that they couldn't do anything because, you know, they would get mad. So I called some people who knew some people in the bureaucracy who took care of the problem eventually, did it through the owner of the newspaper I write for, Daily World, Manish Tavari. So it got taken care of. But if that type of political string or whatever you want to call it had not been pulled, this thing would still be going on there today. And people were angry over it. And they had a right to be angry because they had just banned the mosques from blaring their uh, stuff. And I lived next to a mosque, too. It was actually closer than the Sikh temple. So when I wasn't getting rock and roll by the mosque and the Koran, I was getting rock and rolled by the Sikhs. And then the Hindu temple started chiming in. And it was ridiculous what was going on. Well, eventually all of this stopped. But it took some skullduggery to get it done when the law is written that it should never have happened in the first place. So India's problem is they're sitting on this enormous labor force. They're going to pass China in population. If they bothered, they can make an infrastructure of manufacturing that would be at least as good as China's for most material goods the West greedy companies want to have made cheaply. We would be paying Indians instead of communists who want to destroy the world and take it over. India doesn't want to be a superpower. They don't want the job. They're the only country I've ever had the honor of living in that doesn't seem to want to be the world's superpower. But, of course, they want to be more powerful economically. And China has a serious competitor rising up on the other side of their border known as India. And there's some other things that have gone on, too, which, again, you're not going to hear on CNN. You're not going to hear on MSNBC, and you won't even hear them on Fox. But look at what India has done lately. They seized the rest of Kashmir. It's Indian now. Pakistan can't do anything. They're not going to do anything. They can just bitch and moan, but not going to change anything. So now all the Muslims who were in no man's land all these decades are now part of India. And China, of course, has seized Tibet. And the reason these two countries— have these areas where they border each other is as a buffer zone between the two countries because in the Himalayan mountains there, which are impenetrable for almost anybody, especially a military force, both sides are busy uh, building transport roads and services and logistical setup points in those mountain passes so that if there is ever a war, nobody can be attacked through those passes on either side. So what's going on is China is expanding its security interests, what it perceives to be threats from the West, as it prepares to project its power ever for the first time beyond its borders in history. If you look at China's history, they haven't been a global conquest-type power. If you don't believe me, look at recent history. Who conquered who? The tiny island nation of Japan with even less people than it has now during you know the reign of imperial Japan took over all of China, the Korean Peninsula, with a lot less people than the hundreds of millions they were enslaving and brutalizing and killing. But they did it. Japan did it. Well, now, Japan, if they tried to attack China, it wouldn't last five minutes. Japan doesn't even have nukes. They don't want them. I understand why, but China has, of course, a lot of them. So China now is getting ready to project its power outside its borders, So it goes on to become a world power because it is preparing to depose the United States and displace it as the world's only superpower. This is China's officially called 2050 plan. It is the brainchild of Xi Jinping, the current director or a dictator of China, dictator for life until he doesn't want the job anymore or dies, whichever comes first. And he invented this plan and they're marching towards it towards 2050. I'll explain after the break where they are now and what their steps are before they get to that goal of being the world's only superpower
4: No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome back to the third and third segment here on Cal's Corner Radio on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Once again, my name is Cal Korf. I'm your host and the executive producer of the show is Rob McConnell. Now we're talking about China, India, the trade war that's going on. Let me Kind of tie it all together now before we switch subjects. So what's going on again is you have China, who has what is called the 2050 plan. I've reported on this for years. I can cite a chapter and verse. What happened several years ago is that there were some leaks from the Chinese military. It was an intelligence coup. The first documents that were leaked spelled out in detail the actual order of battle for the invasion of Taiwan by the Chinese military. The short version of what China is planning is to fire as much as a thousand missiles at Taiwan and overwhelm the island's defenses and provide a cover for an amphibious invasion force. That means it would come by the sea. It would also uh, be attacked by land and the military documents that were leaked uh, from the Chinese military prove that they have plans to storm the island and invade it uh, D-Day style from at least 16 different locations that surround the island. And if any of those beachheads are established, it would create isolated pockets of being able to cut off Taiwan so that um, one part of the island is seized while the rest of it is under attack. And then, of course, uh, through this Swiss cheese approach, they eventually secure the whole island. The idea is to do it so fast that the United States and the United Nations cannot respond fast enough to stop China from basically, um, you know, corralling and, and taking control of Taiwan. Now, this is their 2020 plan, meaning if China's original grand plans had gone on schedule, Taiwan will be seized and conquered next year in 2020, which is not that far away. But now there's a question by analysts, and I'm one of them. I'm doing some special full-page articles on this that will be out in the near future, most likely in Daily World, as usual. Uh, tomorrow's full-page special is on Iran and how they're gearing up for war against the West should it happen and how Israel has attacked Iran for the first time in decades in Iraq with Russia and America's permission. They have eliminated Iranian targets uh, in Iraq. I'll Again, we'll cover that in a few minutes, but that's tomorrow's special. Anyway, back to China. Um, The problem is that China's behind schedule now. And you can thank, to a degree, Donald Trump for that. And it's not that Trump got elected and said, oh, I'm going to screw up China's plans to take Taiwan. No, I don't think Trump thought about it. But the fact is that when Trump became president and started launching this trade war and acting unpredictable and engaging North Korea and actually being the first president to bother going over there – China had to stop for a moment and re-examine what their grand plans were, which were going on cruise control under Obama because Obama couldn't handle China. If you don't believe me, just ask the people from the Chinese military who stole the blueprints for the Joint Strike Fighter. That was on Obama's watch. And that was after cybersecurity had been improved and heightened because of fears of China doing exactly what they got away with. Well, as Inspector General reports have subsequently proven – Obama's cybersecurity was always a joke, it was never serious, and unfortunately he got away with it and served two terms in office and was never held accountable. That's common with Barack Obama. Anyway, getting back to China, they were supposed to invade Taiwan sometime in 2020. It is possible that may still happen, and I'll tell you why. It has to do with a little thing called Hong Kong right now, which was not expected in uh, you know the – um. Uh, grand plans of the Chinese Communist Party. They figured that Hong Kong would just, you know, basically capitulate as they have slowly been uh, being eroded by the Chinese, putting in pro-Beijing politicians there. And of course, what caused the protest was the latest Chinese move to subdue Hong Kong before officially being allowed to do it in 2047. And that date is not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's three years short of the 2050 goal. Again, it's all been planned. One thing communists try to do, unless the Russian, is plan long-term. The Chinese, historically, have always been long-term planners where it concerns warfare and conquest. That's a fact. So what happened is Hong Kong breaks out because China tries to force a new law into Hong Kong that will give it impunity to actually extradite anybody they want to. And of course, the people in Hong Kong don't want this, they want actually to be their own country, but China won't let them. And they know that their fate is sealed, thanks to the West not caring, when China gets full control of that in 2047, in the meantime it's just going through the motions, and because the West doesn't really care, the Hong Kong people are trying to get as much as they can while they're still allowed to, before they either have to leave by before 2047, or by 2047, Submit to Beijing and and deal with it then. That's what's going on. So these protests were unexpected. And they, of course, have caused a further delay in China's plans to take Taiwan. However, China may decide this. Again, only the dictator of China knows. If Hong Kong continues to go south, it will impact China severely to the point of potentially trillions of dollars over time at least billions. And while China wastes millions, whenever they start to waste billions, even it gets their attention. So what China might do out of desperation is to just say, screw it, we're just going to cut our losses, grab Hong Kong now and grab Taiwan while we're on the move. And then we'll just hunker down for a few years while nobody can touch us militarily, do the internal purges and executions and Concentration camp internments and re-education shtick that communist governments always do. And then what's going to happen? Well, then they can focus on the 2050 plan, which is to displace the United States. Who knows what's going to happen? Or China could just delay this and still move ahead with their plans, but they can't do it. Starting next year, they have to wait a few more years for one to see if Trump's going to get reelected. Because now with the new two rounds of tariffs that were announced today, things are getting really serious. The Chinese economy is going to bottom and flatten. There doesn't seem to be any other alternative for that. This is going to hurt China more than it's going to hurt the United States. However, long term, it may be different. Now, Trump is saying he's ordering U.S. companies to find other places other than China. You know, he might as well order the wind to blow a different direction. He has no authority to do that. Zero. Just like he doesn't have the ability to take away the birthright laws that the Constitution guarantees. He may think he does, and he talks about it, and his followers are stupid enough to believe it. But at the end of the day, he can't do anything. He can just make requests or try to do things in such a way where it just becomes irritating for companies to do business in China so they'll go set up shop elsewhere. Well, this points to a more fundamental problem, and it comes back to what's really greed. As long as companies don't care who makes their stuff, they only care that it's made cheaply, that it's made the way they want it to be made, that it's shipped on time so it can be sold to Johnny Consumer, as long as that's all they care about, it doesn't really matter whether it's China or the Antarctic where the stuff is made, except the intentions of the nation that is hosting the manufacturing. In the case of China, there is no question that they seek to be number one in the world. Now, I'm not talking about peaceful coexistence. I'm talking about you exist under their thumb. In other words, let's say people say, well, let China become the world superpower. Who cares? It doesn't affect us. Oh, really? It doesn't, huh? Well, I argue that human rights affect all of us, especially when you become a globally interconnected society. If you look at what China is doing today, they're getting away not only with literal murder, mass murder, and that's nothing new. You can look this up in Guinness Book of World Records, if you don't believe me. Just, just look up in Guinness human genocide the largest crimes committed against humanity. And you will see a short list of names there. Chairman Mao, of communist China, of course. He's the world's record leader. Then you have Stalin, another communist. Then you have Genghis Khan. He was a proto-communist. And then you have Hitler, Hitler's fourth. He gets all the attention, but he's not the big bad guy. Stalin killed at least twice as many people as Hitler did. But the average Russian... Considers Stalin to be a hero today. Even Putin does. Go figure. And this is the bottom line, folks. Human rights either mean what they do or they mean nothing at all. If we say that we will not support a country that engages in child labor, then we either do it or we don't. Instead, what's going on now is we have something made in China or by China, shipped from China taxed accordingly but where did China get the resources to make that? well China not coincidentally has been engaged in their 2025 plan which is the following in order to be a world superpower you cannot be dependent on other countries to give you vital resources because if those countries cut you off you're screwed so China has made a point to diversify to diversify its supply chain so that it no longer buys oil from only one source, so that if Venezuela goes down in a revolution or a socialist spiral like it was guaranteed to do the moment it embraced socialism, China doesn't worry because it can always get its oil somewhere else. So China has been cornering the world's supply on vital minerals and elements so that it can be self-sufficient and withstand trade and economic boycott wars, which it feels would be inevitable if it continues with its behavior. In other words, it understands their consequences. So guess what China did after the Taliban and bin Laden and al-Qaeda were removed from Afghanistan? They signed a deal with that country, and they locked up about 90 percent, of all their strategic mineral wealth. Imagine that. And they didn't fire a single shot, they just wrote a checkbook. We'll come back to that after this. If you are looking for a
1: safe zero calorie natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for.
2: Welcome back to the fourth and final segment here on Cal's Corner Radio Show on the ExOne Broadcast Network. Once again, my name is Cal Korff. I'm your host. The executive producer of the show is Rob McConnell. Now, what is all this heading to and how to summarize all this up in the last segment here? Well, again, it boils down to this. You, can, you cannot legislate human behavior. You can say, okay, it's now illegal to call somebody or whatever. It's now illegal to say, I hate so and so. Fine. We need anti-hate laws. We need penalties to punish haters, extremists, criminals, so on. But ultimately, change must come from within. If it isn't from within, it's not real. It's not sincere. And it's not going to work. Not the way it should. So Trump can say, whatever, and order the companies to do whatever, and he has no authority to do it, he makes himself look like a fool, that isn't the solution. The solution is to start walking the so-called moral talk or morality that bodies like the United Nations theoretically exist for. That's the reason everyone's paying their dues, right? Because supposedly they're supposed to be on top of this and working with the governments to enforce it. But that's not been happening. In fact, it hasn't really happened consistently or enough since day one. And just look at the dynamic that's happening now. Let's say that China invades Hong Kong. And the U.S. calls a meeting, uh, emergency meeting, obviously, of the U.N. Security Council. That has five permanent members to it. China is one of them. All nuclear powers that are formally recognized as part of this elite circle are members of the UN Security Council. Okay? Now, that's France, Britain, Germany, US, Russia, China. Then there's other members at another level. So, what happens if they condemn China and even say, yep, military forces authorized to stop China? Well, China will just veto it because all it takes is one vote. And it doesn't matter what the rest of the members say or do. It's dead. This is why George Bush told the United Nations where to stick it and decided not to go through the U.N. Security Council for the final round to get approval for the war against Iraq to get rid of genocidal dictator Saddam Hussein. And you can say, well, you know, there were no weapons of mass destruction found there. So the whole thing was just just a hoax. No, folks, it wasn't that simple. Don't be so ignorant. You can actually get – I have them. I've had them for years. The actual CIA files that settle all of this, Saddam Hussein admitted that he had weapons of mass destruction ready to go, meaning that within about six weeks, they'd be assembled, launched, deployed. And he knew that the UN Security Council couldn't act that fast to reimplement the sanctions, that he was pushing them – to drop. And we know, because I've got a copy of the financial records, it's in my upcoming book series on terrorism that I've been working on forever, I actually have the spreadsheets from Iraqi intelligence, the Muqtah Baharit, which show the millions of dollars that were paid in illegal Iraqi oil at 50 cents a barrel, they got quite a deal, to Jacques Chirac, the former president of France, who, not coincidentally, was the most vocal opponent for going to war against Saddam because he didn't want his illegal bribes to be cut off. you know That was a good source of revenue for Jacques Chirac, who was, of course, later indicted for corruption and agreed to basically stay out of public life in exchange for not going to prison. France, of course, is a proud nation, stupidly so at times, to the point where they will let justice be relative if you're rich enough there. So on these spreadsheets, it just shows all kinds of countries and Russians who were paid in illegal oil shipments I put together a chart as an intelligence analyst for my superiors that basically identified Jordan, China, Russia, and, um, and France as being the largest – as getting 55 percent of all the illegal bribes that Saddam paid to try to stop the sanctions. So the UN Security Council didn't work because three of the five key members were on Saddam's bribe payroll. And by the way, the spreadsheets show that not a single U.S. company took a bribe. Didn't happen. Wasn't even offered, apparently. There's no record of it. Yeah, there was two people connected with Holly Burton, but that was a different issue. It had nothing to do with this stuff. Anyway, that's the bottom line here is you have the wolves guarding the hen house, so it's not going to work. And then people wonder why the world is so polarized. Things aren't working. Things aren't going to work when 1% of the population owns over half the global wealth in the country, when only 10% uh, of the wealthiest people in the U.S. own over half the land and wealth in the U.S. It doesn't work. If you don't grow the middle class, eventually you don't even have rich people. Look at the issue of homelessness. It's out of control worldwide. My first exposure to homelessness on a scale that just devastated me when I looked at it was in India. When I saw squalor that I just didn't even think was possible around Delhi and these people sleep outside and at night out in the warm weather, all that stuff. But then when I visited the United States, I saw that level of squalor in places with homeless people, people who are crazy walking around on the streets who shouldn't be on the streets, because they're not all there. They're a danger to themselves, to society. But the government doesn't care. The cities don't care. Most people do not care unless it affects them. And that's the problem. If I can get my iPhone cheap, as cheap as Apple will give it to me at least, Apple's not a cheap company price-wise, that's what people care about. They don't care who made it. They don't care if a child was killed getting that diamond from a blood diamond operation in Africa that China's running, they don't care. They care that they saved money. They care that they got a good deal. That is wrong. What matters is that you got the right deal based on several different criteria, one of which is price. I don't mind paying whatever price for something as long as I feel I'm getting my money's worth. I've never been into the designer label anything. I don't care if Nike puts this label on something. And then jacks its price up, well, I don't like the name Nike so much that I'm going to pay that extra price. In fact, I think designer labels are kind of a stupid thing. That's just my view. But a lot of people are just enough feel the opposite. And they've made a lot of people rich because they love paying for just a name. Who cares about the product? So the only way that the human race is going to solve its problems, and they're global, they're worldwide, they're interconnected – None of these occurs in a vacuum. We're all humans, one race, the human race. The color of our skin is just genetics. Anything else is racism. Racism is always driven by hatred first and foremost, then ignorance and other stupid things. Until we resolve the internal issues first, it's not possible for the external issues to fix themselves either. To use an analogy, imagine if you have a car. The car looks beautiful, it's your favorite color. It has the interior you want. The seats look beautiful. Whatever else you're into in cars. I'm not into cars, so I'm just winging this example here. But when you pop the hood, even though the engine looks beautiful, a guy who really knows how engines works tells you, you know, your engine's really a piece of crap. Here's why. And here's the problems it's going to have. And here's what it's never going to do when it should. The list goes on and on and on. But you don't care because it's got that special name to it that you think is worth paying the extra money for, even though you're really not going to get your money's worth, because that's not why that product really exists. It exists because there are people like you who will fall for the name game, and you'll pay extra money just to say you've got or you're part of the name game because you're wearing their brand. Oh, my God, I don't even know where to begin, how stupid that is, how short-sighted that is, how unspiritual it is, if you're into spiritualism. It just isn't the right thing to do. When you go for things that are important to you and critical, do you really care if Nike grew your corn? Do you really care if Adidas grew your corn? No. The corn from the farmer next door, as long as it's not grown incorrectly, is probably better for you than the one that was made in Vietnam, freeze-dried, sent over – Thought in a store and processed and treated with whatever, who knows? Because we're not even honest in how we label foods nowadays. If you don't believe me, just look at food labels years ago compared to now. The font sizes have gotten so small that even people with perfect eyesight have to use a magnifier to read the labels. There used to be laws against that, but not anymore. Because the United States, like China, is an oligarchy controlled by rich people. There are studies by Harvard and Princeton who proved that this process started under, surprise, President Bill Clinton when he essentially outsourced the future of the West to Asia, knowing that there's just enough greedy companies out there who will pay whatever money to make all kinds of money, and that's really what it's all about. And you have to remember that Clinton himself is just such a creature Remember the Lincoln bedroom scandal? For 5000 bucks, you could get a photograph, a Polaroid usually, with Clinton while having coffee with you. They call them coffee clashes. That's better than calling it a bribe lunch. And you got to tell the president what was on your mind. And because Clinton, I feel your pain, he would just take your $5,000. And they raised millions of dollars this way. Oh, and you could spend the night in the Lincoln bedroom. Eventually, that practice was stopped by the Democratic Party. Even Chinese businessmen who paid bribes went to prison. And those are the seeds of today's problems with China. We'll be back next week with another episode. Hopefully we'll talk about some more pleasant stuff, but we'll see how things go. In the meantime, stay great. Try to think critically and join me next week for another episode of Cal's Corner here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Thank you.
1: The Passion for Divination, Cooch Daniels, lifelong professional reader and author, invites you on a mystical journey on the Mystics, Oracles, and Divination radio show. During her time with you, you'll meet visionaries, readers, energy light workers, and healers who work with the tarot and other oracles. As a psychic guide, Cooch Daniels will be seeking to discover both New Age and traditional methods to deepen your mutual understanding of how you can further awaken your intuition and abilities to work with your divinatory channels. Cooch will end each hour of her show answering your questions and a meditative contemplation for prosperity, well-being, and good fortune. Join Cooch Daniels and her guests on the Mystics, Oracles, and Divination radio show at www.xzbn.net and you can always email Cooch at mysticarts 4 You at yahoo.com that's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-R-T-S, the number 4, at yahoo.com Exon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell visit tv.com or www.xzontvchannel.com, or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next, we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember, X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
5: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
6: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?